Hello, friend. Welcome back to Making Disciples Naturally, the podcast of the Kansas Communities Ministry. My name is David Dennis. You know, I'm so very thankful that you have chosen to join us for this very important and helpful interview with Senior Navigator Staff Ron and Mary Bennett. This is now my second podcast interview with them. Later on in this podcast, they share some really great ideas about how we can implement a disciple-making ministry in the local church. But first, I ask them about their current role with the Navigators. Well, right now, uh, we have, uh, we're with a, a mission uh, within the Navigators called Encore. Uh, we've been, uh, our career over the 50 years, for about 20 years, I was with the collegiate ministry, either uh, leading a campus or training staff for a campus or supervising collegiate staff. Um, then the last 20 years or so, we were part of a mission within the Navigators called Church Discipleship. And in that mission, uh, our, our focus was on helping churches develop uh, a more uh, practical, healthy discipleship platform uh, within their church using some of the concepts and strategies that we in the Navigators had used. We were trying to bring that into the church environment. Um, so about five years ago, we left that mission and joined uh, a senior staff sort of mission that allows us to uh, minister across a number of platforms, either collegiate staff or uh, community staff, uh, and follow our networks without having to be tied so much to the organizational um, agendas. So it's really it's a, it's a great opportunity for us to be freed up and cut back a little bit on our time so that we uh, can reduce the intensity a little bit of our, of our life and spend a little more time with, with the grandkids. So we just, right now we are working with churches, we work with um, mentor or disciple, some collegiate staff, um, we work with individuals, so we pretty much go wherever our networks lead us, and we don't have to focus on one particular target. Yeah, great. Thank you. I'm curious about the church discipleship part of things, because I think you spent a large amount of time in that area. Right. What, what, how would you describe your vision or your model for church discipleship? I realize that's a big question, but maybe... That's yeah, a, a real big question. <laughs> well, for the navigators, uh, uh, probably about, I don't know... 30 years ago, maybe, we, uh, a couple of uh, NAV staff began to have a more of a burden to bring discipleship into the local church. And so uh, we started a mission uh, called Church Discipleship, and the primary tool that we used was a discipleship course called the 2-7 series, uh, based on Colossians 2-7. And it was a uh, package of all the things that we had we're using in the navigators all the spiritual disciplines, Bible study, scripture memory, witnessing, all put together into a package that uh, had initially it had six different units, each one taking about three months. And so this was back in uh, probably about the 70s, probably um, at the beginning of sort of the small group movement within churches. Uh, not very many churches had small groups, and so serendipity and a number of things uh, were getting started. Church began to have small groups. So the Navigators brought to that movement a discipling small group emphasis using the 2-7, and we would have like a two-day training seminar for leaders to be able to use that tool effectively in, in their church. Uh, actually, this 
2020 will be the 50th year of the 2-7 uh, being used. It's been used by you know thousands of people in the U.S. overseas. It's just amazing um, the attraction that that tool had. Uh, it now has been reduced to three units rather than the six. That was it took about two years with the six. So now this one takes with three units it takes about a year. And so there's still churches that are using it uh, as a as their primary discipleship tool. So that was sort of our that was sort of our flagship when we went into churches was to bring that training component of the two seven into the church and help them learn how to use it. But then we found that as they did that, there really was not an environment for that discipleship training to thrive in. And so it was like it didn't go anywhere. So we began to think about could we help the church, uh, local churches and their staff, think more strategically about what it means to make disciples as a environment of the church or a culture within the church and not just a small group that's off to the side. And so for a number of years we've developed various tools and resources to bring more of a philosophy of disciple making into the local church mm -hmm. that would then support the tools and the training that things like the 2-7 and some other things that we developed after that, but so that it would allow that to thrive and have uh, some longevity in it. Uh, we found that the 2-7 uh, would last as long as there was one person who was really driving it, and if that person moved so forth, then it kind of faded away. So we thought if we could help the church think more uh, holistically about where discipleship fits, that would uh, that would enhance their ministry discipleship and and actually have more longevity. Right, good. I think that um, from a philosophical standpoint, many churches, you know, verbalize a desire to make disciples, and sometimes that's a hazy vision. Maybe they don't not really know what that means, or don't know how to do it. What are what are some hindrances that you both would see as? Uh, things that get in the way of, of really fulfilling that? Well, probably the starting point is that we don't really have a common definition of what we mean by discipleship um, or a disciple. Um, uh, George Barna's group did a um, study for the Navigators a few years ago, and they were asked to uh, kind of discern the state of discipleship in America. So they did it, and I think it was a year-long study. They wrote up a, a booklet for us, and it was interesting to me that the first paragraph in the executive summary, as they began to explain what they had discovered was, they, they said a statement something like, um, although the term disciple is uh, familiar to most, a concrete and agreed-upon definition is elusive. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a starting point for their study, and I yeah. thought that that's interesting uh, how you assess something that we can't even define. Yeah. So, but anyway, they did, they did a good job in trying to assess the state of it. But that was really, uh, I think, is typical of the, one of the first problems that we encounter is that we we use a term that has a lot of different meanings. Mm -hmm. And so uh, probably the, the base, basic meaning that most churches think of is they, they translate, uh, they go to the Greek for their meaning of disciple, which is methetes, which, which means a, a student. 
And so, uh, so the Greek model for discipleship or dis- a disciple was a learner who was a student of a philosopher, uh, Plato or uh, whatever. And so the idea of being a student is the primary model that we have brought into the Christian church. And it follows really the Greek uh, model for education, which our whole education is uh, is built on, where you have classrooms of students and, and you learn stuff and then you take tests and pass it back. But anyway, the problem with that, uh, with going to the Greek for our definition, is that Jesus wasn't a Greek. Um, he was a Hebrew. And so uh, if we're going to understand what he meant by a disciple, we really have to go back to the to the Hebrew culture and the Hebrew context uh, and how we use the term, and I think if we would go back there and look at it, we would come up with a little more of a, a definitive way to describe what he was talking about when he said, "Go and make disciples." So I, I think the word to me that captures more the Hebrew mindset of a disciple uh, is the term apprentice. And uh, apprentice uh, has even in our culture is more the idea of someone who learns how to do something. So if you're an apprentice to a plumber, apprentice to a carpenter, you learn about wood and, and you learn about tools, but you learn how to make something, you have to do something. We do it a little bit in some of the professions like medicine, we'll have apprentices, but uh, somewhat it's, in a, it's a term used in the trades quite a bit. But I think what it does, I think it captures more the idea that when Jesus trained his disciples, he trained them. Uh, not just to know something, but he trained them to live something. Mm. And I think that to me was uh, reflected on my own background that when I went to the university, I knew a lot, uh, but I didn't know how to live it. And so it was took somebody to walk with me and invite me to walk with them and to show me how to put into practice the truths that I probably already knew. Uh, and so it's the practical how to put it into life for, uh, and for a lifetime of following Christ, I think, is, is more the concept that Jesus had in mind. So anyway, so for the church, I think primarily or most often, uh, we simply uh, satisfy with the term a student. And because of that, we create a lot of classes and a lot of uh, structures where we get information, but very little equipping or training. And so um, I I think that's one of the hurdles that we have in the church is to get beyond the learning, uh, get beyond the student of information and move to more an apprentice where we learn life skills as as we uh, walk our journey together. Sticking with the church model again just a little bit further, you know, you have a busy pastor or pastors, leaders um, who have their hands in a million different things, a lot of demands on their time, uh, but yet they sense a need for greater discipleship in the church. Um, what what do they do? Are you in the business of helping churches uh, implement that at this point in time? We do with some and uh, don't do it as much as we have in the past, Mm -hmm. but uh, uh, primarily what we do with a church, if if they're interested in in more of a discipling environment, is uh, the first thing I have them do is read the book that I wrote, uh, Intentional Disciple Making. And uh, the reason for that is it explains sort of the framework that I work from. And so if that framework is not interesting, 
to a, to a pastor or a, a church leader, then we don't need to talk anymore because yeah. that's what I do. Right. And so that kind of gives an overview. And uh, mm-hmm. but if 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 a church if a leader would read that and go that. I want more of that, and then we could uh, be more specific in how we go about helping a church uh, get started with it. And I think there's two basic ways that a church can approach discipleship. Um, One of them, well, maybe three, actually. One of them is they can simply just use the tools. Uh, there's and there's a number of tools. The NAVs have some. Other organizations have some. But they can they can buy the tools and get people to go through them. And and that one level that would enhance a little bit the discipling part. Uh, another way is to create a um, sort of a subset within the church uh, environment that focuses on disciple making, and and primarily doing that through either the men's ministry or the women's ministry. Mm. And because the organization and um, of those ministries is not as complex as the church, oftentimes we can create within the church a a discipling environment, say, among the men mm-hmm. and women, uh, so that uh, we can begin to see the spiritual generations mm-hmm. and go beyond simply using a tool to creating an environment where there uh, is real support uh, for a disciple-making uh, culture within the church. Some churches would try to go beyond that and would try to make the discipling culture church-wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a real tough thing to do, uh, unless you're starting from fairly a new church. But a, but an existing church has such a default setting of um, their programmed uh, process that it's really hard to turn it into a disciple-making church. Um, so most of our, I think what I call success, is that it the discipling culture within the church is allowed to flourish. And so if the pastor is on board with it, and I think for a, for it to flourish, the pastor has to understand it and in some ways model it. I don't think it has to be the main model, but he needs to be able to model the concepts if the church is going to really buy into it. And then uh, we can create, uh, say, a subculture within the church that really focuses on that uh, discipleship as a lifestyle. That's a great image, isn't it? An apprentice learning all that he or she can from someone else. You know, I think so often we build our programs around the teacher-student model, where the primary goal is simply to transfer information. You know, there's certainly a place for that, no question about it. But I challenge you to consider pondering and praying about what an apprenticeship approach might look like in your church. Perhaps it could be implemented in your men's or women's ministry or some other small group. A couple of resources that I have found helpful are Ron's book, Intentional Disciple Making. This is an extremely practical and inspiring layout of what discipleship might look like in the local church or some other small group. I also recommend the podcast, The Apprentice Approach, from The Navigators. They've interviewed several people and have several very helpful podcasts, including a couple with Ron Bennett being interviewed. These are both great resources. Also, I might suggest you share our podcast, Making Disciples Naturally, with your pastor, small group leader, or men's or women's leadership team. My objective is to know Christ in my own life in ever-increasing depth, and to make disciples and develop laborers at all times under any conditions in every place I go. Join me next time for more of my interview with Ron and Mary Bennett. For more information about our ministry, you can email us at radio at kansasnavs.org 
or go to our webpage, kansasnaz.org. Our Facebook page is called Kansas Communities Ministry. Here you'll find information about upcoming conferences, blog posts, and other happenings in our ministry. I hope you can be with me next time as we all learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.